Today is August 22nd, and the Yankees just split a series with the Miami Marlins. It was terrible. It was like a circus. The first game was the first half of the circus when the clowns are coming out, and they're juggling, and they're doing fun tricks, and it's so exciting. You're like, what the fuck's this? This is wild. And then the second game was the second half of the circus when they bring out all the drugged-up, sleepy animals, and you're like, oh, this is sad. Someone let those animals be free. Let's talk Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy, John Boy and Jake. Recaps galore and weekly awards. Stat lines, steaming hot takes. Get your Yankees news with these two fine dudes. It's time for Talking Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy, John Boy and Jake. Talking Yanks with old John Boy, John Boy and Jake. All right, what's up, everyone? Thank you for joining. It's August, whatever it is. It's, it's late August, and the Yankees just... First off, my name is John Boy. I'm coming to you from New Jersey, if you're a first-time listener. And my co-host, Jake, coming to you from Denver. And we're a little hot again off this terrible game. Jake, how are you? I'm cold, man. You're cold? Cold. Not hot. Not hot at all? No. What do you think of my circus analogy? I made that up about two seconds before I uh, started the intro. It's pretty good. Didn't hate it. Didn't hate it. Nice. Um, all right. Well, I guess like where do we even start? Because I there's whole conversations that we have to get into that we've already done before. You know what? I tried to like better my life again. Remember the Red Sox game when they blew it in the ninth, and it was uh, I was like bettering my life, and then that ruined it. Same thing I did again today. You know, I you know what I just had for dinner? Four bananas. Four? Four. Isn't that wild? Uh, that's bad, man. Three of them were frozen and then blended up. Okay. And then the fourth one I cut into little like how old people do cereal and put it in the, the banana blend. Still not great. No, that's not great. There's not much else in this house. How are you? What's your state of mind? Cold? Right now. What's that? You could perform a surgery right now. Got all that potassium. Oh, is that what surgeons need potassium? That's like the the like the cop out if they really want it. Like a uh, low potassium day, like not not feeling it in the hands. So, got that going for you. There I go. I'm going to go perform a surgery. Uh, All right. On my brain. Here's where we're at. We're going to burn the games. The first one's a wild one. There's a lot of fun conversations to be had there. Second one's terrible. We're burn both. We'll do awards. I don't even have any plan because I'm just a state of like frustration right now. But let's have the bigger conversation first, Jake. Okay. It's become evident that the Yankees aren't playing to win every day right now. They're playing to play 500 ball until they get healthy and then they start going. As fans... Should we be getting upset every game when this happens? Do we have to take it on the chin and just say, okay, this is Yankees baseball? Like we said a couple episodes ago, you said it. We better win because this otherwise we look like idiots if we don't. This doesn't pay off in the postseason. So do, do we just have to wait and see? Are we not allowed to continuously comment how dumb this strategy seems in the moment? Until the end, you know, you get what I'm saying? Like, it's clear that this is Boone and the analytics department and Cashman's strategy. We're not going to hurt ourselves over wins. The, we're we're going to rest up and be good for the playoffs. So do we, so if the playoffs come and they win, 
and they do good, then it's like, okay, that strategy worked. But in the here and now, does that mean we're not allowed to complain about it? That's where my mind is torn right now. Jim, let me let me walk you into it. When you're playing a sport or doing something competitive, when do you feel okay when you lost? When you did tried your hardest, did your best. When you put your best foot forward. And can we say that right now when we're losing games? No, we didn't we did not try our hardest to win this game. Two game set surrounded by off days where so the first game we did use a lot of the bullpen. I, I kind of overlooked that a little bit. But it's back-to-back days sandwiched between two off days, which you don't see during the regular season at all, ever. And then there's kind of the Robertson thing, which, hey, dude, I, he's got a sore arm or whatever. But when, I don't know. When's the last time he's pitched? It's been, what, six, seven days now? By the, by the time we hit tomorrow, it's – or by the time we hit the next game, I want to say it's eight days. I think it's I think it's six. I think today was five and tomorrow six. So it'll be seven days? If it's seven – if he needed seven days off, why didn't we just DL him? Well, well, we – But you know what I'm saying? Like, they – yeah, they said, like, they – they co- totally could have used him if it's an emergency. But they didn't know he couldn't go until the fourth, until yesterday. The three days before, it was an off day and just happened that he didn't need to pitch. And then and then he said that day. So the, the DL wouldn't have worked. But, but yeah, it's man. The, I mean, that right there is the exact opposite of everything else the team is doing. And there was one point in this game where game two, game two, excuse me, where it was just unexcusable to not have the bullpen ready. Like if, if you wanted to let Lance Lynn try to get that last batter, fine, knock your socks off. They were probably thinking, you know, he's, he's got a sinking fastball. Maybe he can induce the double play. I think what they really wanted, they wanted him to get through the innings so they could pinch hit for him the next inning and then burn a reliever. I'm not that upset about the Lynn thing. But I, the, the upset part that people should be upset about is that no one was going. When, when the first runner got on base that inning, it was what, a 2 nothing game that we're, we're trying to scrape through, get a five-game winning streak, get some, get some serious momentum going for this season. And then when the first runner got on base, I said, okay, I get uh, Holder's got to be getting up now because he's kind of our get us out of the inning guy. Mm-hmm. And then, no, two batters later, and then Tommy Tightpants starts jumping up and doing his Trevor Bauer impression, hucking the ball at the bullpen catcher as hard as he can, crow hopping from 60 feet. They take a pitcher's meeting in the middle of a guy's at bat to give Canely more time to get ready. And then he gives up the homer. So it's just like, what, what did you guys think was going on? And then, and then, know what they honestly, they walk away and everyone shakes hands going, oh, well, hey, we, we, we got our asses kicked by the Marlins, but we only had to use Canely out of the bullpen again. And we only had to use, <laughs> I'm even blanking on his name right now, Chance Adams and then A.J. Cole for one out because Chance Adams was getting beat up so badly 
that they had to get AJ Cole in there for one out. But who? Okay, so so I, I made a video about this Boone's post 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 game press conference. You haven't heard it yet. I'm gonna tell you right. what he said. Boone said if it was a one run game or or tied, they were gonna go to Chad Green. But because it was two, they went to Chance Adams. So he right. punted on the game over one run. Chance Adams is a rookie making he's not a relief pitcher. It's his second ever big league outing, his first ever big league relief outing. And so you can't say that's not a full punt. That is what that is a full punt. And if it was one run, Boone said they were gonna go to Chad Green. How is the team supposed to respond to that? How's the offense supposed to Boone, you just punted the game. Now you want us like like mentally, that's a huge hurdle to try and get over as a player when your manager punted the game and it and says so on the post game. It's crazy. What are your thoughts on that? Sorry, I, I, I can't control myself. What are your thoughts on that? You're not putting forward your best effort to win. So why would you expect your players to? This was this was my whole speech when when Shane Robinson played eleven games in a row or whatever it was. How can you, as a team, feel like you're putting your best foot forward and giving your best attempt to win when you're not? You literally just admitted it out loud. One run? One run? The team that's supposed to beat, that was on pace to beat the home run record? One run is the difference between one of your best relievers, a guy who had an incredible performance the night before, and a guy who hasn't been a relief pitcher since college, just, that's a terrible message. It's not a winning message at all. Because it's not like, because there's different ways to go about it. It's like, okay, well, we, we were thinking about using Chad, but because we gave up that extra run, we decided to go with D-Rob or something like that. It's, it's not like you went from option one to option two. You went from option two to option seven. Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's a punt. It's a full punt. Marlins. That's it's pathetic. It's it is sad to watch. Yeah, and it's we we've kind of put the the ass on the jackpot thing out there, but yeah, d- depending how this thing ends, I mean, just really sad. And yeah, if you want to be mad at Boom, but I'm 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 kind of pissed at. Cashman, man, he's the one. He's the one that's pulling all the cards here. Yeah, yeah. I, I people are hung up on Boone. He's just he's just a mouthpiece, and I don't. I, it's the whole. It's from the beginning. Like the rest is not Boone. That's Cashman and the analytics department. The not winning every game. That's why they hired him. They liked that about him. It just it's it's incredibly frustrating to watch. And yeah, let's not burn guys out like Joe Torre used to burn out uh, Scott Proctor or Flash Gordon. Like, let's not kill guys. I agree that keeping and staying healthy is great. Well, we got the healthiest team in the league right now. Yeah, all that rest served well. They are they are fluke injuries. Like Judge got hit by pitch. Didi got collided with the first baseman. Those injuries suck because their other teams are like a part of them. They're fluke. But yes, I get what you're saying. Chapman's got tendonitis. DD Gary's got pulled hamstrings. I mean, and then the other thing is we do have all those injuries, Jake. So we can, can we expect to be like a 700 winning team while we're playing? Romine's our starting catcher. DD's out. Gary's out. Judge is out. 
our closers out. Chapman's not that big of a deal, but do, do, can as fans, do we just kind of have to accept that treading water and and playing five hundred ball until those guys get healthy is the be, is like what what we have to be happy with? It's just like if if we're the fans, do do we start checking out? Like if you're not going to play the best players, I don't really want to watch this team. I didn't want to watch those last two innings. Dude, I did not want to watch the end of that that game, the second game versus the Miami Marlins because it was just it was dead. That it was checked out. I said it was like if you were all pre gaming, right? And then you're like you're all pre gaming, okay? It's two nothing. Lance is doing his masculine thing, getting excited, like all right, this is about to be fun. Another fun victory, two in a row. Let's get some shots going. Let's get play some games pre gaming. Let's get ready for the bar. And you're like, all right. One last shot before the bar, and then it's like you took sleep medicine instead of whiskey by accident, and then you just pass out before you get to the door. It was just dead. Like, I don't want to watch the rest of this game. I had a good joke. You ruined it because you had to keep talking with your ugly mouth. What was your joke? I was going to say someone slipped you an Ambien instead of an Adderall, but yeah. now the time fell off. It was good then. No, but think think of the competitive athlete attitude and like what the, what the Red Sox are doing, the 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 dirty word that we we don't deserve to talk about when we were so close to being able to talk about there was a second today where the indians had the lead and the yankees had the lead in their games that would have brought it down to seven games nope six now we're back- brought it down to six no i think we're back we're back up to nine so it would have been it would have been down to seven if the Sox lost and the yanks won i thought we were at seven i'm pretty sure we were no i think we were at eight um okay whatever but uh, so yeah, I mean, and then you just start talking. Okay, the Red Sox are starting to lose games. We're starting to win games. Is this what it's all about? Those thoughts crept in my head, and then they just get bombed on because of a two-run lead from the Marlins. Really stupid. Let's burn. Let's burn game one. Okay. My my whole thought process is, I don't know if I'm allowed to get so upset at these decisions. But it sets a really bad precedent. Like, how are you? How are this? Is we're talking in circles. There's just so much. How are we going to play eight tenths of the season at not chasing wins every day and then expect to just flip the switch? Okay, now we need to win every day. Like, the precedent, precedent has been set that we will punt games, rest is more important, and Again, everyone, when I say these things, everyone comes up with like, well, we're the second best record in the MLB and all that shit. And we are. And it's been a good year. And we knew if we. No, it's not okay. Then they need to come out with that, that quote and say, you know what? We're just kind of going to coast and rest our guys and come into that wild card game. Because until they say that, it's fucking horseshit. It really is. That's, that's not the Yankee team I want to see. I'd like to be trying to win every day. I, the Red Sox think they can win every game they play. The Oakland A's think they can win every game they play. And the Yankees don't have that. Man, the Pedro quote came out the other day saying that the Yankees don't have the hustle of a winning team, which I think a little of that... No, I don't want to say... No, I don't want to say that it was lost in translation, but I think Pedro just worded it wrong. It's it's the whole mentality of the team. It's not like hustle. Pedro Martinez known for his hustle. It's not hustle. It's it's the mentality. It's what Boone just said. 
Well, if it was a run one run game, we were going to put in our best reliever. If it was a two run game, we were going to put on a guy that just came up the bus and isn't even even one of our best triple A pitchers. It's a joke. Yeah, it's not. It's not the competition of sports at all. Yeah, it's not. All right, let's let's burn game one, which was an insane game. I hope you wrote this burn before this game, because if you wrote burn one after game two, then you're in a bad mood trying to write a fun burn. You know what, Jim? I see. I write the burns after the final game of the series because I want to see how it plays out so I can either work in reoccurring jokes or whatever I need be. Or I don't want to waste a, I don't want to waste a decent joke on game two that would be a killer joke in game three. Yeah. Seems like so, revisions can take place. Visions? Revisions. You can switch those after the fact. Oh, uh, no. But that messes up the whole rhythm of the burn, dude. Okay. All right. All right. So game one. This was a wild game. What? Come on, man. You're all over my toes today. Let's hear it. I'm bana- I got a lot of bananas in me. See? I feel like I'm booning your cash rent. But I wrote a killer burn for the fans because everyone was so excited last night. I was so excited last night. It felt like something, and now it shat out of us, but I'm going to bring it for 60 seconds, and I'm going to be an angry little elf again. All right. Here we go. You ready? Angry little elf on the shelf because now you're fun, Jake. For 60 seconds. On your mark. Get set. Burn. Two-game set in the city where the heat is on all night on the beach till the break of dawn. We're going to Miami, and you know it's Tanaka Tuesday. Pablo Lopez on the hill for the Marlins. He would go scoreless until the fourth. Disco Neal, baby. RBI single, it's one nothing Yanks. The Fishies would tie it up on an Austin Dean solo shot in the fifth. Then the fun would really begin. Bottom nine, Chad Green loads him up with one out. Strikes out Dean. Gets riddled the ground out. Chad Green showing emotion. What? Bottom 12, Bunos Cantos. AJ Cole loads the bases. Oh, here we go. Ground out, okay. Strike out, okay. Foul out, let's go! Yankees escape two bases loaded jam, so Miguel Andujar can hit a sack fly. Top 13, make it 2-1 Yankees. Chapman in to shut the door, scratch that, reverse it. To the DL, he goes, in comes Tommy Taipan. Strikes out Real Mudo. And then one more Will Smith song, getting Higgy with it. Higgy throws out the runner, stealing second to win it. Yankees win 2-1, to one, buying six strong from Tanaka to Britain to Batantis to Green to Holder to Chapman to Keenly. <laughs> Yankees win. <laughs> At what point, how many times in this game did you say we're, we're, we've lost? Twice or three times? Um, or last twice, twice the two big times with with Greeny and then with Cole. Yeah, and then see the Cole decision was crazy when it happened, but then you find out D Rob was unavailable, and all that venom kind of goes away. You're like, okay, well now it makes somewhat sense. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know, man. When a game hits extra innings like that, a lot of rules are out the window for me. Like you think that a an eighty percent D Rob is better than one hundred percent Cole? No, I didn't say that. I'm saying, I mean, you start hitting inning twelve. Yeah, you start hitting innings eleven and twelve, and you start going. That's when you start worrying about your bullpen and say, "Well, shoot, we might have to throw AJ Cole out there and try to get three innings out of him so we can." So our bullpen can be D Rob tomorrow or whatever it may be. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I I don't super question those. Well, what decisions. about what I about mean, leaving Cole in when it was bases loaded, no outs? I mean, at that at that point, you kind of made your bet, right? It, if you bring someone there, then you really look like an asshole. Yeah, yeah, but that's and, just like pride. If if D Rob was available, then D Rob or whoever comes in, if they give up a fly ball, they've now lost the game. No, that's AJ Cole's either make it or break it, dude. And then how about Chapman pulling himself? Dude, this game was insane. Yeah, I mean, that was... Uh, Five pitches and out? What, what was the bullpen for, Chappie? <laughs> yeah. And that's... The knee thing's weird because it's been bothering him all year. But it's tendonitis, so it just comes and goes? Is he just like your aunt that knows when it's going to rain and their knee starts hurting? Like, what's going on with that? <laughs> I don't, I don't know, man. It was nice that he came out, I guess, instead of walking four guys and losing the game. Real weird. And then the stolen Real base weird. to end it. Yeah, man. Higgy. Canely <laughs> to Higgy to Neil Walker for the strike. <laughs> yeah, man. Just and weird. the ball almost hit Canely in the head. And just think, like, I I was being a little dramatic about it, but, like, those three guys' stories this year. Canely, who I... I got caught on the other day that he pitched in game seven of the ALCS. He just got flat demoted this year. He lost a little arm talent or a couple miles per hour on the fastball, but didn't look crazy. Higashioka was our fourth string catcher to start the year. Um, <laughs> you know, I've, I've called him out a few times. And then Neil Walker, who went from <laughs> DFA, this guy, make room for others. To now, he's part of the heart and soul. This he's he's the only soul on this team right now. Um, I will say another thing, and this this is I mentioned this before, and I wasn't able to put it in great words, but Yankees are letting the game of baseball get to them a little bit, and it's also, I mean, if you want to tie it into the whole team mentality and all that, maybe, but. So you go to the ninth inning. You're down nine to three against the Marlins. You're you got to be pretty down and out. They bring in some guy Guerrera, Guerra, who's got a five ERA. Throws one hundred miles per hour. No, 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 no. This was the final guy. Oh, not Guerrero, Guerra. The final Similar guy. Similar names. By the way, the Marlins had three pitchers pitch back to back days today, and they didn't have day off before and day off after like well they this. don't have but, postseason to rest up for come on right 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 well yeah <laughs> um so they bring in Guerra, basically the meat from the bullpen to get these final three outs with six runs first two runners get on base or no there's one out and then two runners get on base and guardy's up and you start doing a little math in your head like okay guardy gets on stanton with the bases loaded you know, you you're just close enough to start crunching the numbers in your head, just like I said with the Red Sox before. Three O to Guardy with Stanton on deck. Here comes the pitch. It's a low fastball. It was below the strike zone. It looked a little low, but it was one of those the three pitches before it were so wild that this one was close enough to call it a strike. So you saw Guardy kind of do the head nod, like ah, okay, don't really think that was a strike, whatever. Next pitch, Guardy just grounds into a double play. End of game. Uh, again, you shouldn't be expecting the six-run comeback in the ninth, 
But you just, I just see a, li- a lot of those little moments. And again, I don't know if it's tied into the whole team mentality of, well, if it's not meant to be, then let's not, nobody get hurt today. Like, I don't know, man. There's just not a lot of fight or chutzpah. And like, why, sh- almost why should the players, if, if you're not going to give us our best options in the outfield, if you're not going to give us our best option out of the bullpen, if you're going to let Luis Sessa start games in August, why, why should we even go full bore? Why don't we just cruise at 75% so we don't get hurt? That seems to be the message. It is. It is. That's stupid message. It's just not sports. And I think... As fans, you asked as fans if we're allowed to be 75% fans, Jake, you're allowed to do yeah. whatever you want. But as, as Talking Yanks Podcast, we're not allowed to. We're not going to put that message out there for ourselves and for the listeners. I just don't get it. Because, okay. So, like, like I said, after the Red Sox series... And after the, after the race series, like you can't think about Boston. You don't deserve to. You're 10 games back. Boston might not lose 10 the rest of the way. And the Yankees probably aren't going 40 and 0. But what are we really setting ourselves up for here? We think the one game playoff. We think. I mean, things would have to go really poorly for us or really poorly for Boston. For us to somehow not be in that one game playoff. Yeah, I think we're going to be in that playoff. So, <laughs> I mean, right now, is Sevy taking the ball? You'd think so if he turns it around. Mm-hmm. Which would be good. It's one of the best pitchers in the game. Again, if he fully turns it around. We still don't know yet. You can lose a baseball game. We've, I was going to say we've been doing a lot about it. That's a lot of losing. That's obnoxious because we do have the second best record. No. And I also think it's obnoxious that fans think just because the Marlins are a terrible team that we need to win eight to nothing every game. Like you, that's never how baseball has been. Right. Someone said I <laughs> tweeted, "Oh, this is a perfect time for Chance Adams' second ever MLB appearance." And someone was like, "Oh, well, he pitched good against the Sox. He should pitch well against the Marlins." And it's like that's not really how baseball works. Yeah. And he didn't. Even- that great against Boston. We 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 were praying to the gods that he gave us four innings, three runs, or whatever it was. Or did he get five? I think he did. But I have something. I have I something for you. So, so set up for failure. You're set up for failure. No, the the Yankees are. No, no, we're good. We're so gonna what? win that wild card game, home wild card game. And then what? Five games set against Boston. Yeah, I like us in the playoffs still. If we're healthy, I, if everyone, if Didi, Judge, Gary are back. I just think they're playing with, you see this in the NBA a lot. Like Cleveland finished like fourth in the East this year because they could, because they had LeBron and they knew when they play at 100, they were going to win the East. That's kind of what the Yankees are doing. And <laughs> if you're watching these teams closely, tough to put them above Boston, Houston, Cleveland. All right. So I'm going to do some perspective though, because I we're upset because this game was terrible and the podcast always reflects the last game. Really? Right. Last year in 2017, in August, the Yankees were less than 500. It was terrible. It was brutal baseball. When we talked to Brian Hoke, like Coke, he said he thought Girardi wanted to quit on the spot. Like that's how miserable the clubhouse, the vibe, everything of the team was last year in August. In September, they won 
their winning percentage was 714. They went 20 and 8. Judge came out of his slump. They started to roll. Yes. Baseball is very fickle. Month to month, streak to streak. Uh, this is terrible right now, and we don't like the mindset that it seems to be. But I, I do not doubt that this team can put together another. What it, what it, what's their best month this year? I think it was probably April, right? I think it's got to be April. So I mean, I know that we're all negative and down, but I can't let it do that much. So I'm trying to find no. This year, their best month was May. In May, they went 17 and eight. Uh, right now, in August, they're at 11 and 10. I want to. Th- I, I think. I I don't think it's crazy that if Judge Didi Gary get get back and healthy for the last three weeks of September, that they do turn it on and go on a tear. The injuries can't be overlooked that much. The the state of the bullpen and Boone's and and the whole laissez-faire atmosphere that's troublesome the injuries are pretty ridiculous so I, i'm gonna i just i just snapped a little because i felt i was being we were being too down this team can is still second best in baseball they can still make a nice run so i'm not i don't think they're set up for failure for the playoffs unless the injuries stay bad i mean they just have to show it right i mean they they have to show us between now and then that they can really do it. And like, this was an opportunity too. you were up on the Marlins in the fifth inning after Lance Lynn gave you a solid start. And that was, that was Boone's whole thing going into this year. Like, Hey, you did really good for us. Now let's build on that and have someone else have a good day, which would have been the perfect spot for Canley to come in. Yeah. The, the, uh, I mean, you can credit Cole and, and Chad for showing us the little gusto and chutzpah. But, I mean, how close were we to losing these both these games? Really close. But, yeah. but we won game when, when, one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I You want to see all those guys healthy. And, hey, you know what? If the team is playing its best baseball and everyone is healthy at the end of October, cool. End of September. But, right. Well, end of October would be pretty nice, too. Yeah. But – I. I don't know, man. Just where the mentality is at, you know, people are getting mad at Greg Bird because he's he's laid back and he's not a Paul O'Neill type that breaks his bat over his knee. The mob right now is infuriating, and I'm upset. And I think Boone's quote at the end there with the one run is terrible. But the the mob of like Fire Boone, um, DFA Bird, and Birds look garbage. Obviously, everyone knows that. But the mob. And, and, and the everything, the like, dude, if I send out a tweet, every single response, no matter what the game situation is, is somehow Boone fucked it up. The mob right now is crazy. I hate it. I don't look at my replies and I like talking to people. Um, nobody had more than one hit in this series. Oh no. In today's game. Oh. Excuse me. Um, yeah, I mean, the bird stuff's kind of a cop-out. Like, yeah, he's absolutely not playing well right now, but he's he's not the reason we lost today. No, and uh, it's every single at-bat. People were mad at him yesterday. We had one run through 12 innings, and it, people were mad at Bird. Like, get mad at everyone. If you're going to do it, do it right. Not that we're saying Bird doesn't deserve to be upset with right now. He's playing – he looks 
He looks bad. Uh, he looks really bad. His quote at the game was one of our favorite quotes from college. They asked him, he said he about it. He said, it's frustrating. It sucks to suck. And that was sucks. sucks to suck, bro. That was our favorite quote in college. We just would say that to each other all the time. Sucks to suck is a, is a solid line. We got a burn game too. Oh, are you ready? Where we just keep talking so much without burning. Yeah, let's burn. Oh, and just a note: we did have some Patreon patrons that could have sponsored this show, but it's a bad show, so we didn't want to do it. Um, so we will save those for next show. If you want to be the one that sponsors this next show, it's four game set versus Baltimore. Subscribe patreon.com slash talking yanks. You get you uh video access, early access, live access, and what else to get you? Your name in a raffle to win a jersey. Win a jersey. So affordablejerseys.com. Yep. How about that? How about that? All right, ready? Burn game two of the Miami. The this this was the uh drugged up animals sad part of the circus. Right. On your mark. Two three burn trevor richards on the hill for the marlins against lance lynn for the yankees let's jump to the fourth (laughs) it's it's one nothing yanks hey top six neil walker sack fly to center two nothing yankees five shutout innings from lance lynn until dean reaches on infield single to shortstop anderson scores and then the controversial part they leave Lanton to face Rojas, and Rojas homers to left. Castro and Dean score. It's 4-2 to two Marlins. 4-2. to two. They left another batter just for fun, and then Canely comes in. Rivera doubles to deep. Sierra scores. It's 5-2 to two Marlins. Hey, top seven. Giancarlo Stanton, infield single. Voigt scores. 5-3. Here comes the Yankees' comeback. Nope. 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 Here comes Chance Adams. And... Oh, Dietrich, fielder's choice to short. Anderson scores. Hey, riddle me this. Uh, JT Riddle hits a home run in the eighth to make it 8-3. And then Starlin Castro, former Yankee, he hits a single to right center. Real Muto scores. That would be your final score. Marlins 9, Yankees 3, and a beautiful day in South Beach. That was good, Jake. That was pretty good, huh? It was more effort than Boone did managing. Ooh. burn all right Tough. let's just move we already talked about game two at, at nausea let's move on to awards right away good burn hell of a burn good do you yeah, think that will good. go down in the annals of history of jakey burns of 2018 if we have a lot of time on our hands and i do uh the best burns of 2018 in the off season because we're all miserable the one where you ended with spit in my mouth let's go yanks i think that's a good one up there you think this one lands in it? Someone go keep track of all the best burns. Make a list. Does this one make the list? I don't know. Dedicated to the, to the bit. Very sad. I am. Dude, I told you. I'm like in such a bad mood. Like my, my girl's mad at me because I'm in just a foul mood. Zimmer, uh, my dog, uh, farted earlier while you did burn number one. And it was terrible smelling. So I yeah. I got things going wrong too. Lead at. I'm eating just bananas. Dude, I went on a walk today. One of my book walks, you know, starting to live in life good again. And and sure. then it's just all bad. It's all bad. Off two off days. What you do on your off day? It was the off day yesterday? No, Monday. You went golfing. Monday I went golfing. It was for charity. 
the Limb Preservation Foundation. I preserve my limbs every day. You're doing a great job. Yeah. All right. I could bang up job. I haven't lost one in so long. Up job. So awards are brought to you by affordablejerseys.com. Go to Affordable Jerseys and check out these delightful jerseys. Do you like the Yankees? Because you know that they don't have the names on the back of their jerseys. Well, guess what Affordable Jerseys can do? They don't have the names on the back of their jerseys. Go in there and check them out. Maybe you want to get Jake's Pride of the Yankees jersey this week. It's number 66, Kyle Higashioka. Your pride, pride, pride of the Yankees. What did Kyle Higashioka do this series, Jimmy? Well, let me tell you. He went to affordablejerseys.com, and he ordered two of his favorite Yankees jerseys. They were both his because guess what? <laughs> he went one for one in his one at bat. He scored a run. And guess what? In the first game, he actually threw out the base runner to end the game. So you, Kyle Higashioka, you are our MVP. Hats off to Kyle. Pride of the Yankees. He got to call Tanaka, and he's um, he's like as Japanese as I am Italian. You know, he's like third generation, basically American, but this is ethnicity. So he didn't know Japanese, but in the minor leagues, he thought maybe he'd catch Tanaka one day. So he learned, he made himself learn Japanese. It pays off. Maybe this is probably the second time ever in his whole entire career. It paid off. It paid off though. No, it didn't. No, no it didn't at all. It didn't at all. He he just it switch, he yeah. just caught Chapman and Canley. He scored the game-winning run, and he threw out the final guy to end the game. And so. he only came in for the double switch. They took out Romine. Romine when they brought Cole in, because Cole would have had to hit. So instead, Kyle hits, gets a lead-up singles, scores the winning run. Yeah, good. That was a good pride of the Yankees. Good usage. At first, I thought it was a BS pride, but he actually deserved. Yep. It. Oh, then, so my pride of the Yankees is going to a guy I just mentioned, Tanaka. A good outing by Tanaka, cut short. He went six innings pitched, one earned run, I believe. And it was cut short because the National League is such stupid baseball. I I can't believe people for real say that the strategy is fun. The strategy of having to take out your good players and exchange them for your lesser players is fun. It's a thinking man's games. It's not a thinking man's game. All you have to do is take out your good players and put in your bad players. That's the whole thought process. Oh, shit. Our pitcher spot is up in the lineup. Cole has to hit. Oh, let's take out Romine and put in our backup, and then they can hit a double switch. He can hit in the place. That's not strategy. That wasn't hard for Boone to think of. I can't understand these people that literally, literally, say the NL is a better, is a thinking man's game. You're dumb. If you think that what that is, is thinking and hard and complicated like a puzzle, then you're a little pea brain idiot. It's not thinking. It's so simple. You just have to take out your good players and put in your worst players. It's incredibly dumb. Tanaka had to leave at 81's, 81 innings pitch because it was a tie game in the sixth inning, and we thought maybe Voigt could get a hit more likely than Tanaka. That's, dude, I'm so out on the NL. I used to not hate it that much. Like, I'd be like, whatever. It's funny to watch pitchers hit. But after playing, like, some of these games, and now that we do this podcast, I pay attention way more than I was before, and it's not, Jake. It's just not a, a more fun way to be playing the sport of baseball. And you wait, I don't even know your thoughts on this because you kind of love the general manager outside the park baseball. 
Like you may like the strategy. I don't even know. So I'm sorry if I just offended you, but I'm also not. No, man, it's here's what I'll say. I think previously it kind of made more sense. If you were going to have your starter go complete game or eight innings, then it kind of was what it was in the National League. It's like, all right, you're this is our team versus your team. If you can do some productive things with your pitcher, there's some stuff there. Um, where baseball is at nowadays, it's just kind of a joke. I mean, you're only going to give your pitcher two at-bats anyways. And I think they they said the stat on the broadcast. I think pitchers are hitting 113 this year or something. And, I mean, it really sucks if you're the eight-hitter in the lineup, which Romine was getting the brunt of that because – why even bother? Yeah, exactly. You're a person who gets paid to try to hit the ball when the person after you is someone who doesn't. So you're taking the bat out of two players' hands. The guy in front of the pitcher, they'll just give him nothing but balls because they don't care unless the bases are loaded. And then the pitcher, because the bat shouldn't be in his hands to begin with. <clears throat> it's really bad. It's really, really not fun to watch. If the bat's getting taken out of the guy in the eighth hole, why don't just play Shane Robinson? Because he doesn't use one. <laughs> Or that well, my yeah. pride of the Yankees was Tanaka. It's pretty. I think we we will see in our lifetime the NL go to a DH. I think you you hit the nail on the head with as pitchers stop going seven eight innings, the the shittiness of the NL will just get magnified and magnified. The the less starting pitchers go deep into games, which is what we're seeing in these last couple of years. So yes, I think that was you hit the nail on the head and why it's so much worse than it used to be. They're gonna they're gonna have to map it out because NL teams are probably gonna complain saying that they have to prepare their team to have a DH on it. Um, I'll throw out a guess, twenty twenty one. You think it's that soon, dude? There was talks about it earlier this year, and Tony Clark shut it down because he's Tony Clark. But it's ridiculous. I mean, think about it. If <laughs> I mean a quality start from a starting pitcher these days. <laughs> is almost five innings now. Why Why is Tony Clark, why don't they have a lawyer be like a lawyer's job? Why do they have an ex-baseball player as the head of the union? Why doesn't it, why isn't it like? Deal, man. What? He, he might have went to school after baseball or something. I don't know. Tony Clark hit one into the black bleachers one time in the old Yankee Stadium. Yeah. All right, what's your, who's your motherfucker? Ooh. My Yankee mother fluffer. Who's on this team? God. You know what, man? Um, uh, do I want to cop out? I'll, I'll give it to Greg Bird. Um, and the only thing I'll say that's outside of the norm is that uh, I think there was one thing that was said on the broadcast that was almost, I mean, it almost turned into kind of when it rains, it pours. And this is baseball again. Greg Bird in his last at bat, he's looked awful. He slaps, or I think Paul O'Neill said it. He goes, "Yo, Greg Bird's late on this ninety mile per hour fastball down the middle." Like he's like, "That's a red flag." Yeah, and anyone on this field should be able to do that. So then the next pitch, Greg Bird slaps one opposite field, and it lands about three feet foul. And then the next pitch, he just rolls over one to second. But the thing that jumped out to me was. I believe it was his first at bat. Um, and I, I think there should be a caveat. Uh, Trevor Richards was the pitcher for the Marlins. He had a really nice changeup. 
And he had a good story to back it up. They told that during the broadcast that he was playing in some semi-pro league that the Marlins scout wasn't even there to watch him. The scout watched him and said he had an 80 changeup, which if you know the world of scouting, 80's high. so 80 is the highest mm-hmm. and like they don't, you don't give those out. Yeah. Eight, like 80 power in major league baseball would be like judge Stanton and maybe one or two other guys. Like you don't give that out. So when a scout comes back from a semi-pro baseball game and says that a guy has an 80 changeup, that scout really put, put his dick on the line for <laughs> lack of a better term. Anyways, the kid did have a good changeup, but Greg Bird, even though he's been slumping, he's had a decent like grasp of the strike zone. And he chased one that bounced before the plate. And that was my first, like, oh, no. On his knees chased it, yeah. Yeah. Like, that is so not Greg Bird. So, yeah, man. And uh, if you don't figure it out in a couple weeks, Neil Walker's going to be playing first and you're not a Yankee. So. That's tough. But, yeah, he looks that lost. Yeah. Sucks to suck. Sucks to suck. I don't even know who I'm doing for my motherfucker, man. What are the other stats? Who didn't do good? Everyone? Gardner's looked really bad. I'll give it to Gardner. Okay. Motherfucker Gardner. I really like you, too. I don't want to say this, and I kind of wish I did now, but you brought it to my attention that Gardner's streaky, and this was lined up to be a bad month. Yeah, he's a month-on, month-off guy. Yeah. He always, he always has been. And, dude, I mean, OBP's down to 336. Yeah, not good. No, he, and he's in, like, he's like looks really bad. They all – who looks good? Andujar, Stan, but he didn't even look good. Stan looked a little overwhelmed with uh, – Yeah, he was trying to do much. He was trying to hit his 300th home run against his old team, blah, blah, blah. Have a moment, yeah. Uh, in the month of August, Gardner's at 211 batting average, 292 on base percentage. Yikes. I think they said Neil Walker has, like – 21 RBIs in his last 23 games or something silly. <laughs> Neil was, oh, we'll, we'll keep going. All right. Everyday regular awards. Who do you got first? Who do I want to give this award to? Um, you know what? I'll, I'll do it. Let me, let me do the tight pants award. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it goes to Sabathia. No. Um, It goes to Tommy Canely, a.k.a. Tommy Tight Pants. Man, talk about, as you mentioned, the first game of the series was a circus. It looks like the Yankees have overcome. Chapman comes in, walks a guy, and then pulls himself. Uh, Okay, Canely, you're in, bud. (laughs) Let's let's see it. And he came in, he looked good. And again, I'll broken record for a second. Tommy Canely pitched in Game 7 of the ALCS last year. That's how much we trusted this guy. Now he's just become an afterthought until it seems yesterday so yeah all right cool my first award are you ready yeah my first award goes to the great escape oh dual winners the great escape starring chad green and aj cole the world i was ready to lose both those games Cole, I mean, how could you not be ready to lose bases loaded, no outs, fly ball, loses you the game with Cole. And then he goes, what, infield pop-up, K, pop-up, infield pop-up again. So I don't know what he did, what was different, but 
I think I think the thing was Larry was like, hey, you got a bunch of AAA players here. Just pound the strike zone. Let them let the moment be too big for them, not too big for you. Yeah, not for nothing. I think they got to like the bottom of the Marlins lineup, which I think a pitch hitter got involved because the the pitcher spot was up. But yeah. All right. Next next award. Make this uh, a happy award, Jake. Let's make both next awards good awards. Happy award, happy award. Um, that's good. It's good podcasting. Sound effects. That was my noise, man. Um, dude, why'd you make me do this? My first was a good award because we're getting too sad and sappy, and it's 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 too it's too sad. I just don't have anything. Neil Walker, the the. Disco and RBIs award. Yeah, I was going to give him. He got, uh, what, three RBIs in two games? Well, you can't, man. Now you have to give him a happy award. Okay, I will. That, you don't want to say, anyth- you gonna, don't say anything more about Neil? I'm going to get the actual RBI stat. I mean, no, this right now this guy is on path to finish the year as our starting first baseman and one of our more trustworthy bets batters he got turned around today he went from lefty to righty and he hit sack fly after he got an rbi in his other at bat batting lefty so in and out of that guy's glove that would have been a really good catch yeah i was i uh i took the dog out and was listening to sterling he had he had an okay call on it. he goes diving catch it rolls to the wall <laughs> <laughs> excuse me it's pretty good yeah all right I am going to give out – are you fishing his RBIs? I think he had three RBIs. One in game one, two in game two. Oh, not not from this series, dude. I was going to get the last however many games oh, or whatever. All right. Well, as you do that, I'm going to give out my award for the Mr. Relevant Award. Ooh. Luke Voigt, pinch hit single in game two. <laughs> Sc- uh, scored a run. It does not get more relevant than Luke Voigt right now. Did he get did he get a hit in his first game? No, but we all knew he was there. We got reminded. Oh, look at that guy. Voigt. He's relevant. Game two comes in again. Who's this? Oh, wait. I know who that is. It's Luke Voigt. Mr. Relevant. Just won an award. Pinch hit single. Comes around to score the run. Too bad it didn't count as two runs because then we would have put Chad Green in. But since Luke Ford only counts as one run, we put Chance Adams in. Punted on the game. But yeah, Luke Voigt, relevant, dude. Did you hear his numbers when he went to AAA? He was hitting like 370 in the seven games down there after he got sent down. For him. Yeah, good good for him. Our bench being Higashioka, Shane Robinson, and Luke Voigt. Yikes. Jesus. Yikes. <laughs> Are you finding these at RBI stats or are we ending the show? This has been not a great show for not a great series. Yeah, he's got like, I don't know, man. Neil's been playing well. All right. If this, if this is your first time listening, check us out another episode. Struggle Boss. It's stupid. Why? why uh, I'm supposed to watch a month and a half more of baseball of a team just trying to be healthy. Yeah, enjoy it. That's fucking pathetic. They, hey, we got a tough set coming up because they got a doubleheader. How do you think Boone handles this doubleheader? We're going to see... In the first, and then we'll punt the second. 
Do you think he he does like half lineups because then you're punting both games, or do you think he goes full out for the one game and and, the first, and then they just try to they just try to leave there with with no sore muscles this game too. All right, so if they if they fully punt, let's play a fun game, Jake. They need someone mean. They need someone old and mean. Phil Nevin, I think, is supposed to be that. No. No, because they know he's he's just part of Cashman's pony show, too. Let's play, a fu- let's play a fun game. Real quick. Fun game. It's called, what could our worst possible lineup be with the guys we have? Okay? For this doubleheader. If they full punt one game. So you need Higgy catching. Higgy catching. Throw Bird at first. Bird at first. Throw Neil at second. Neil at second. Toe at shortstop. Toe at short. No, you know what? Throw, throw, walk, throw Glaber at short and toe at third and Walker at short at second. And fuck it. Put Void at first instead of Bird. No, put Void in right field. Okay, put Void in right field and Shane Robinson in center and Guardian left. So Guardian left. Shane Robinson in center. He's did, he's already started at center. Luke Voigt in right field. Bird at first. Walker at second. Toe at short. Who's Andujar at third? Uh, no. Walker at third? I don't know. You'd, Glaber has to be like the best good guy. Okay, plays. so Glaber at short. Toe at third. Walker at second. Voigt at first. Higgy catching. On the bench, you have Hicks, Stanton, Romine. There you go. That's yeah. going to be the game two lineup. Batting order, real quick. Uh, let's see. We'll have Gardner lead off. Stop. <laughs> Glaber bat second. Oh, they get to bring up a twenty-six guy. Oh yeah, uh, Wade. They'll probably bring up a reliever. Waiters. Chance Adams probably get get sent right back down now. Oh, you know what we need to talk about real quick? Sheffield. They fully moved Sheffield to the bullpen and saying that he's going to make three or four outings in the minor leagues as a relief pitcher and then come up in September to do that role. I love this, Jake. Uh, This is what the Cardinals used to do. I think, what was the guy's name that struck out Beltron? Wainwright. I think, didn't Wainwright do relief? Waka did relief. Uh, David Price for the Rays did relief in their rookie year in the later season in the playoffs and shit, and then started next year. I like this. The Yankees have never had a guy good enough to even try this with. I feel like Sevy they did it with. I think I think going to the bullpen teaches the pitchers. Sevy always says that going to the bullpen taught him how to attack a little bit more. Uh, I like it's smart that they are going to give him some relief outings in the minors first, so they don't do what they just did the Chance Adams. What are your thoughts? Do you think this is a good move? With the innings limit, it also makes sense. Yeah, I still don't love it. I just don't know why. Why does it have to be so short? Like, what What? What? Are, what do we think they're planning on giving him in the major leagues? Five games? Five relief appearances? Something like that? No, I'd guess more. I mean, I think the situations are going to have to present themselves as well. And he's going to have to show us what he's got. For me, it's just, you know, okay, yeah, it's penciled out perfect to, for him to be, you know, the the secret weapon out of the pen. What if he's not? What if he has two bad outings? Well, I don't think he's going to be put into – I don't think we're leaning on – 
Sheffield to be dominant out of the bullpen and a key cog, but we're allowing that to have to we're allowing that situation to present itself and giving him the opportunity to do that, but we're not leaning on it as like a strategy. It's just, hey, this might be something that could work. If it doesn't, I no harm. If he has two bad outings and then it's okay, pack it in, get healthy next year, you're gonna be a key part of this team next year. I don't think there's any harm in that in that. So be on the postseason roster? No, I mean if he does well, but if he doesn't, I don't think there's any harm in it. Maybe. I don't know. What, it seems what like har- just seems like a small window. What harm could it do? If he pitches bad. And like ruins his confidence, you're saying? Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I don't I don't know that I don't know that the first couple outings are gonna thrust him into like situations that would be demoralizing. Like do you think chance is demoralized by this shitty situation he just got thrown into? It doesn't make you feel good. I mean yeah, what if so what if Justice Sheffield did what she, with Chance Adams today? That'd be well. <laughs> Be shitty. I, I don't think there's that much harm in it. it his season's gonna be ending anyway because the minor league would be over. So let him let him get his toes wet in the majors. I like it. I just think when someone like that comes up, you want them to be up, and that's what you and I have talked about. Like when we've talked about him getting a starting role this year, we said it would have to be if he at least gets a month. Yeah, and I I agree like, for a starter that makes sense. But I, in my head, this is similar. I mean, give them. But I think just bring them up, let them get used. Like they had, they had Andujar and those guys like hang out with the team during the postseason last year. Just like be around the environment, feel, see what it's like, see how the team operates, make some friends, uh, get the big league life, and then when there's slop time, go get some some reps in. Right, but. I don't know when when Justice Sheffield comes up, he's a guy you want to stay up. That's what we've said from the start. With Anduhar, we didn't feel that way. No, you know, if, if he had to go back and down on the bus a few times, that was fine. Yeah, Sheffield. I mean, and call me crazy, call me maybe, and hopefully everyone's right again. A lot of hoping people are right, but I think they hope that he does a David Price or the guys we just mentioned. He comes up and he shows some dominant innings and he can be a weapon. But if he doesn't, and what if what if he ends up with five appearances and three of them are shitty out of the bullpen? It's like, well, all right, this this was fun, Justice. We'll see you in spring training. I don't know. That's just I don't know. I'm I'm just negative now. Yeah, I like it. I think it's a good move. Get let him get his feet wet and, and let him see what he can do. Oh Sonny Greg. Start against Baltimore. I think Sonny Gray is going to start one of the doubleheader games. Yeah. Get your blood pumping. Doubleheader day is going to be. I love. I love doubleheaders, but I have to move house to house and then watch two games. And I like watching two games, even though one is usually brutal. But yeah. I do like it. So we'll be, we'll be back Sunday night. Sunday night. Yeah, late. Oh, dude, I just I saw that mid-show. I was looking it up, and it's an 8 o'clock start, which means I'm going to be up till 4 a.m. doing the podcast. I mean, it's midnight now, and i got to edit and post. I'm getting used to like being on the East Coast. I, I got I like lit, fall asleep at 2. It sucks. I like California time was better. Yeah. Because I like waking up at like in the morning, being up and being active, and I kind of have to punt on that and just say, okay, that's not part of my life anymore. 
A lot of punting. Punt episode. Punt app. Should I just call that this episode? Should I call it punt app? Yeah. Cool. Well, for those of you who made it to the end, thank you. A little somber show, I guess. But we will be back Sunday, versus, uh, uh, four-game set versus Baltimore, which I hope that we win three of them. You know what's crazy, Jim? If we sweep Baltimore, which is laughable but shouldn't be because they're so bad, like one of the worst teams ever, we would have <laughs> we would win, what, eight out of our last nine? Yeah. And yeah. think about how negative we've been. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to dig you out of it. I couldn't. You know why, man? Because you know why? Because I see us at the end of this Baltimore series. Maybe we've won the first three, and then – and then they punt again, and it's well, yeah, we we had a chance to win it, but uh, you know, we didn't want to send the guys out there on back to back days, and so we got Chance Adams a couple more reps out there. It's gonna be Sonny Gray on the mound, Higashioka behind the plate. I just can't believe we're still doing that in August. You know, yeah, well, well, that's what we said at the halfway point, and now we're saying, I hope when we're healthy, we go full bore, and we're it's just like, is it? Are we ever gonna go full bore? We're hoping by mid-September that we're really in it to win it. And that's just a bad standard to set, man. Yeah, well, the injuries are pretty brutal. Injuries are brutal. All right, that's the end of the episode. Thank you very much for listening. The Yankees, second-best record in the MLB, like nine back in their own division. So that's something that the, the Baltimore is like 50 games back. Yeah. It's wild. Imagine talking O's. Can't do it. Can't be. If you're an O's I- fan, why are you watching games? Do you think? I think every app's a happy app of talking O's. Do you think that, say, talking Yanks? I don't know how long this podcast goes. Hopefully, a long time, and we grow and and all that. Sure. Like, do you think we'll ever have a straight up eliminated in August season? I don't think the like when when's that can't happen, right? So good te- good team that we're fans of for podcast reasons. That's when I always do my spoiled generation stuff, where Araldis Chapman gets hurt, and we don't care because we have four other closers in the bullpen. But yeah, I mean, we haven't seen the Yankees be under 500 like in our lifetime, right? No, I don't think in our lifetime we have. Or in our, <laughs> at least above like age six. Which Two, is in- 2008 didn't make the playoffs and 2016 didn't make the playoffs. I think that's all we got since, 90, since 95. So since we were five years old. Spoiled. Spoiled. And here we are, miserable because they refused to try, which I, I think it's warranted. They didn't use a reliever. Yep. <laughs> it's true. All right, punt up. We're out. Go Yanks. Tell them, Grandma. Go Yankees.